Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of the Lieberland Show. I'm your host, Adam J. Carswell. Today we are joined by David Ament. David is an economic advisor to the president of Lieberland. David, thank you for joining us today. And do you have any opening remarks for the listeners? Oh, sit down, buckle up and put your hats on. <laughs> That's an answer from someone who I can tell has probably spoken publicly a few times before. Once or, once or twice. Speaking of that, can you, uh, can you tell us where you have maybe spoken once or twice? Oh, let's see. How about the, um, what is it, the World Economic Conference in London? Audience of 25,000. Uh, this coming week, I'll actually be in, at the Oscars. I do it speaking at a charity event of a bunch of entrepreneurs, investors, and philanthropists. And let's see if we can get in their pockets and make them even more philanthropic. Cool, yeah. Pretty decent-sized stage, we would say. And that one's, uh, I'm hearing a thousand. There's multiple stages because there's a conference, educational conference that goes on over a few days. And then it leads up to the big gala, the black tie red carpet event. And as I understand it, that room's a thousand. I would imagine that some of the uh, lead up rooms and breakout sessions and so on for education of entrepreneurship and investors. And I would imagine that's going to be a bit on the smaller side as if people roll into town and, and it's divided out those thousand people or what have you are probably spread out into different places. Nice. Well, David, you are speaking to a nation today, so I hope that's exciting news for you. Can you tell us, the, the, the nation of Lieberland and all of our listeners, how you began your journey as a Lieberlandian? You know, I became my journey uh, just a few months ago. I had never heard of the nation before. I start businesses with people, for people all over the world in multiple jurisdictions. And when a couple of my business colleagues in the UK specifically came to me and they told me about you know, you think it's a good thing to start a company. What about starting a country? Um, I, just had to, I said, what? <laughs> so they, my ears perked up and they got my attention there. And uh, from that point, you know, it's been a pretty fast, uh, fast uh, track. Uh, I specifically met uh, Vit Yedlichtika. Oops. <laughs> no worries. That one. Uh, <laughs> we know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm still, well, I'm st sorry, Vite. Uh, I'm still learning uh, Czech, so uh, I'll, I'll catch on one of these days. Um, so I met him in Vegas. I ended up flying for the day to meet himself and Thomas Walls, who's the uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, and um, met these guys in Vegas. We went through some of the the plans of what's what's coming together. And what really interested me so much about it that we really, the three of us, were able to to meet and really vibe on the concept is the fact that. It looks very much like a business with exception of the fact that we get to actually write sovereign laws. And so we don't, we ha yes, have to play in the world, on the world uh, ball field, so to speak, but we don't necessarily, we get to write legislature that's for freedom, but we don't necessarily have to go through arbitrary, so many arbitrary laws that exist out there that really there's so much robbery that occurs to businesses, mm -hmm. um, in my opinion. Uh, you know, from licensing to taxing to so many hoops that you have to jump through, there's a lot of impedance in trying to do business. The barrier to entry is high. And what I happen to love about Lieberland specifically and, and, and the plans and the development, and there's so much about it. It was, it was about liberty. It's about freedom. It's about raising, uh, not raising the bar of trying to, the barrier to entry bar, but instead raising the bar of how high can we go? What can we do? And it's all about possibility. Yeah, that's a really interesting point you make there. And 
I'd be curious to know what are, what's something unique that has come across your plate in writing that legislature or helping be, be a part of it. You know, it's, it's different as you mentioned than just the business world. So what's something unique that you've found yourself doing when putting together the, the law of Lieberland in regards to business? You know, for, so for me, yes, it's been a fast track and I also don't want to necessarily have not wanted to jump in and rock the boat, so to speak. So a lot of this, uh, my involvement has been participating but a lot of it, quite a bit of ramping up. And again, it's just been a few months, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't want to necessarily come in, rock the boat, shake things up. I see that a lot of times with businesses and, and organizations and mergers and acquisitions and so on. And so I didn't want to jump in there and just start pushing my way and make my ego the center stage. Mm-hmm. I want this, uh, my intention, but I specifically wanted this to be something that is for the people, not necessarily for me. My companies can be for me. And a lot of them have, uh, social cause, economic cause, ecological cause. Here, this is something that's we're we're, we're making history, and you know, as a as a diplomat, as a citizen of the nation, as a, a diplomat of the nation, it gives me you know the honorable um, opportunity to help actually create the things that I see that we stumble against in so many places in the world. This is the opportunity to actually set history. To where my kids, for instance, right now, they go, what's Lieberland? You know, as so many people do, it's not in the textbooks necessarily. And you know, we go a decade, two decades down the road, it's going to be as common as, as, as Monaco, for instance. Right. And, and Monte Carlo, which is possibly even better known in some parts. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting point as well. Because of the concept of Lieberland, because the ideas are relatively new to the world, you, I think you get that a lot from you know, talking about the country to anyone. And I compare it to, especially since it's a tech, such a technology focused and driven nation. Um, it's very comparable to the birth of the internet, the birth of blockchain, the birth of cryptocurrency, you know, all these things that when they were first new, everyone was, you know, for a few years, like, yeah, okay. Or like, uh, what, you know, what is that? And over the course of time, you know, it's, it's a household name. You know, people use the, use the phrase and the term internet, like, ways that we would have never imagined us using the phrase 20 years ago, even. Right. Right. And, and I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen quite a bit of that. Uh, I was in Silicon Valley in the, in the nineties, um, specifically the, the late nineties when, you know, we were in the dot-com boom. Uh, and then in, in 2001, we were in the dot-com bust, mm-hmm. uh, the balloon pop, so to speak, but the internet has not gone away. It's not a fad. And so the idea of having decentralization, like right now, cryptocurrency is depending on what circles you run in. Some people go, what, what is this? What are mm-hmm. you talking about? They've maybe they've heard of Bitcoin, but beyond that, the, they don't even, they have no idea what it is or how it works and the ability to have it decentralized well, potentially, you know, Lieberland is actually setting an example of decentralized government in the sense that it's, these are decentralized, potentially decentralized sovereign nations. And just like the internet was some, something so new and cryptocurrencies have been some, something so new, potentially Lieberland is setting the way that this is a whole new way of world governance that is really more of a democracy than any democracy that actually exists on earth right. at present. Yeah, full-scale transparency. Right. So, David, I know you were just, you're, I mean, you're basically, what, fresh fresh off the plane. You were just in Acapulco, Mexico, uh, not too long ago with Lieberland at an Acapulco conference. So, can you tell us a little bit about your experience there and some cool things that you saw transpire for Lieberland? Yes, it was, it was great to see, this is a, a 
convergence of thousands of people who are looking for liberty, for freedom, and so on. And, and even in some of the what we call the quote-unquote freest places on earth, this, this was a convergence of people from all over the globe coming together, some who hail from places that are not so free, that are somewhat, uh, that are even known to be oppressive, and some places that are known to be free, but they're not quite as free as they might be propagandized internally. Mm-hmm. And this actually, you know, this was a bunch of people laying it out on the table and having talks about looking at different different ways of society and economics and moving money around the world and, and conducting transactions without necessarily being nickeled and dimed every way, every time you turn around to where it's so difficult to get your way, your way up. You know, something this, this, it, he wasn't there. Richard Branson recently, I heard him quoted or par- a paraphrase of a quote of his, and this is just, he wasn't at Anarchapoco, yet this reminds me of the concept. Mm-hmm. His Virgin brand companies, uh, recently he made a statement that if it wasn't for offshoring and if it wasn't for him tax being very tax advantaged in tax planning, which is perfectly legal in the UK, but if he didn't do that, his companies would be 50% the size that they th- are today. Hmm. And that just goes back to freedom, you know, the ability to operate com- your businesses, companies in multiple jurisdictions, the ability to say, I'm going to incorporate my company in Lieberland with both the tax advantage uh, that Lieberland offers, as well as the transparency in banking, the lack of fees in banking, the ability so that money can move in and out of a country without it being so difficult. The, the world is a smaller and smaller place. The internet is a huge, has been huge. Right. in creating transparency for most nations. There's some that are oppressed where the government shuts down how you're able to use it in certain sites and so on. For the most part, most of the world, the internet is pretty free. And to have that plus jet travel the way it is today, you know, in a, in a, matter, of, in a matter of moments, you can travel, well, moments, hours. <laughs> today, by, you know, standards of when Einstein was in Cambridge and went to Stanford, you know, he had to take a vessel across the Atlantic, right? And then he had to go across three thousand miles of the North American continent to leave his family and his wife at Cambridge, England, to come over to you know to work in uh, at Stanford and study, you know, study uh, nuclear physics, etc. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different world since that. You know, that right. took him I don't know how long weeks, weeks, yeah, right? six weeks is my estimate. It took him six weeks just to go from point A to point B. The same travel now from Silicon Valley, California to Silicon Circle, London, you're talking about 10 hours. Right. About. You sit down, they close the door, you know, 10 hours later, they open the door, you stand up, you're in a new land, a new continent across the whole ocean, half Mm -hmm. world away. It's an amazing time to be alive and freedom is more important than ever before. And for us to, the people to be able to have that freedom, to be able to transact, move about, communicate just openly. And so back to Anarchapulco, your question mm-hmm. again, it's just, yeah, no. this, this, this is just that convergence of people who believe in such a thing. And of course, a lot of people are very interested in how do I participate? And there's some people who are just the real movers and shakers and the trendsetters who are there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I look at it as kind of what the closest thing we can have to pioneers nowadays. And when I say pioneers, I'm referencing like, you know, 200, 300 years ago when we had people leaving Europe or other parts of the world to come to the US because of the opportunity and the freedom that was there. You know, now that kind of everywhere around the world that we know of has been 
occupied, now it's time for the internet. And so who's going to be the, who is, who are the pioneers of the internet? You know, I'm sure there's already thousands of them out there, but in regards to starting a nation, this is like the prime example. This is why it's hard to find direct comparisons to it because it, it literally is the pioneer sample. Right. Right. And just yeah, how inspiring is it to think of possibility, opportunity, what's out there? What will government look like in 30 years from today? 30 years from today, it could look totally different, just like the topography of how we communicate. Remember long distance charges and, and um, <laughs> remember back in the day, I'm dating myself here, but <laughs> if we go back to prior to, I don't know, say 1995, we'll solidly draw a line there. And a lot of folks since then has, has continued on. Remember the day of when, oh, you know, you call for somebody, oh, they're on a long distance call. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, I, to be honest, that's, that's before my time. So I'd yeah. like to hear more about it from you. Uh, just a long, I mean, a long distance call was a big deal. Right. <laughs> it right. was like, oh, that they're is- all on a long distance call. And I don't recall the ins and outs, but I think it was the first, you know, the first minute was $3 and then it was a dollar a minute thereafter. What I'm making up some of these figures exactly, mm-hmm. but it was expensive stuff that it used to cost so much. And now the only issue that I run into is time zone. It's not a matter, the borders are virtually not there. Time zone is really the only thing. There's, it's communication. We can just pick up the phone. One of our wonderful digital communications, <laughs> like a device that- <laughs> you have, uh, You're right. You have multiple ways to do it too. You don't need just a phone. I mean, right. you can be- Well, we call phone. it a phone. Right. Right? These devices <laughs> right. in our pocket. And this is the stuff that Q- you know, the, the, the days back in, you know, 007 in the 60s, 70s, <laughs> 80s, Q would like had an entire laboratory put together with engineers trying to put things together to have way more than, he was trying to put things together that is far less than what we have in our pocket. I mean, we carry around television with thousands of channels, <laughs> uh, um, you know, music, virtually no limit to the music we have, you know, video communication, teleconference, you name it. And I'm not even, I'm hardly scratching the scratch of the surface. Right. And all this is right in our pockets and just regular people, right? You don't have to be a 007 spy or, you know, one of MI6's top agents. Exactly. Yeah, this is, uh, this, is, this is a great conversation so far. I know probably about a little over halfway through it. So I want to get to some other questions. But, yeah, let's do um, it. I mean, another one I do have for you, David, sound like you've had some very unique experiences simply throughout your life. Um, I know you mentioned to me offline one time, you know, some business that you have in Costa Rica, I think it was resorts. And it sounds like you've been able to help a lot of companies scale. You speak publicly. So, I mean, hey, who are you? And, and tell us a little bit more about your professional background. Wow. All right. Um, boy. So, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, uh, which is probably the difference between myself and a lot of other entrepreneurs, um, is that I've just already made them. And uh, <laughs> some folks are going to make them in the future and some folks will give up. I want to encourage not to give up. I'm the, at present, I'm the chairman of the Peak Performance Group of Companies in that we there's multiple companies where we operate a private equity fund. We do international tax planning and strategizing um, so that legally you can pay the proper amount of taxes, not overpay, mm-hmm. uh, as so many do so many do in the world, in my opinion. Um, as far as Costa Rica, yeah, we've got a, I've got a, a resort there. It's a beautiful place, and we specifically, it's a luxury resort, and we, our intention is to do transformational retreats. Interesting. Retreats are either transforma- transforming people or, or the planet and how humanity interacts. And this is something where 
well, the slogan, the tagline of it specifically is, is better together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd say real quick, yeah. can, you, can you tell us, cause I, obviously we don't have to go into all the details, but if yeah. anyone does want to look more into this, what's the website or a way that someone could look at it? Um, so that one is synergida.com S Y N E R G I D A.com. So synergida in, in Costa Rica, there's a, a saying called Pura Vida. Mm-hmm. Pura Vida directly translated from Spanish means pure life. And um, so this word happens to be a portmanteau of synergy and Pura Vida. And Pura Vida is just a, it's a fun thing. Whenever something happens, it's Pura Vida. So Pura Vida means hi, it means goodbye, it means life is good, it means oops, the internet broke. <laughs> it means just a way to not, uh, not take yourself so seriously, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, but the synergy part of you know, having synchronicity in the world, the universe, and synergies of people coming together for raising the vibrational level of the planet so that we can do better things than just dealing with status quo. You know, let's be a disruptor in society, a disruptor in a positive way. Right. Yeah, I love it. That's great. And I, I didn't know even that amount of detail about your project mm. until now. So that's really good to hear. That's something that I'm sure I'll, I'll look into along with uh, my significant other. Love to have you. Yeah. What, what advice do you have for aspiring Lieberlandians, maybe anyone out there who's listening right now, just hearing about Lieberland for the first time and you know they're super excited to get involved. What, what type of guidance or advice would you give them? You know, the biggest thing would be probably to uh, go get yourself on the list uh, as far as of course, there's the email, you know, news that comes out as far as uh, Lieberland news. But on top of that, you know, put yourself, put, uh, throw your hat or your your name in the hat um, as far as becoming potentially becoming a citizen, potentially opening a business there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't, and they're they're autonomous of one another. You don't have to be a, a natural citizen to open a business. You can. The right. world is pretty free. You can open a, a business in just about any country in the world. There's a handful that, that uh, are not into that. Well, th- well real quick, thank you, for, <laughs> thank you yeah. for, for referencing that real quick, because I think that could be a common misconception for some listening. You don't actually have to live <laughs> in Lieberland to have a business there. Correct. Yeah. And that's, right. uh, you know, a lot of the emphasis of what I do is in dealing with the development of trade and commerce specifically to have a large freedom of money coming and going, of business being conducted, you know, in Liberland from the inside out and the outside in, mm-hmm. both. So that it's just a matter of, the funny thing about money and, and economy, it's not a matter of how much money's in the world. It's a matter of how much does it turn over? How fast does it move? Because when it's in your pocket, it's, it's potential energy. And when it's moving in the economy, it's kinetic energy and it mm-hmm. keeps the economy moving. That's mm-hmm. when you economy's doing well. So in the case of Lieberland and, you know, there's, there's corporate citizenship and there's uh, a natural person citizenship. In the case of having corporate citizenship, that's the easy way to do it. That you can literally in the world, you can be, you can be the, sh- the owner, the controller of multiple citizens of multiple countries, inclusive of Lieberland, so that there's the, you're a corporate citizen. Right. And this means you have a business and your intention is that I'm going to conduct business here and then you can start even having sister companies in other jurisdictions. You know, I want to promote specifically for people who say, I want to operate the freest business in the world. And the freest not meaning the, the, the cheapest, the lowest cost. Yes, that's part of it. But the freest of having true freedom, true liberty, and being able to be a global entrepreneur and, and hang your shingle in a place that is really thinking about the future, that's thinking about the, the decades and the century or plural centuries in the future. Mm-hmm. in the creation of this, of this sovereign nation that is very pro-business. 
Absolutely. I love it. And I journal every day about the future cars walls and the cars walls to come. And that's a huge gravitational pull for me as well as being able to have a long-term establishment in Liberland for, for all of those who are to come, honestly. Right on. Yeah, I absolutely believe it. And that just because we are born in one nation doesn't mean that we necessarily need to, yes, we can grow some roots there and have some stability. And again, going back to the concept that we can have phone calls, we have voice and video, video calls. You can pick up your device, whatever it may be, and you can have a video call around the world in real time. You can get on a plane and you can be there in, in a matter of hours, right? anywhere in the world. And it's just, it's amazing time. And I think of generations to come that, like you said, you know, in my case, the, my future amens, my, yeah. my kids, my grandkids to come, et cetera. Um, what will the world look like for them? And how will it be such a paradigm shift from what it is, what it has been for me in my decades here? What will theirs look like and how expansive can it possibly be to where limitation is something like, oh yeah, limitation, that's the... Uh, that's, that's something that, yeah, back in my dad's generation or my grandpa's generation that they had. Yeah, that right. word. We don't really use that word anymore. We don't. <laughs> yeah, remove, removing the limits and then it's, it's all you from there. Exactly. So I want a big part of that, specifically having a sovereign, the foundation of a, of, of a way to operate in the world, operate your business, operate your life in a sovereign nation that has control of its own land, its own laws. And the truth is it's so much of a democracy slash meritocracy um, where the people actually have the ability to make a change based on on their voice on voting um, mm -hmm. and more so about the other certain jurisdictions of the world some very few to where you have the ability of of canceling laws that don't make sense versus continually to create more and more and more laws right and a lot of them expire Exactly. David, it's been good connecting with you here. I'm sure we're going to, well, you're, you're a fellow Silicon Valleyan as well. I'm South right. Bay, you're North Bay. So we'll, uh, we'll connect sometime outside of this, but everyone, thank you for tuning in. This has been uh, episode 17 of the Liberland show with David Ament. David, thank you for joining us. It's been a great conversation. Adam, thanks so much for having me. All right. In the name of freedom and in the name of liberty, we will catch you guys in the next episode.